Welcome to Season 2 from A Lancashire Lass with me, Lucy Baxter. Joining me today is Nikki Cookson, owner of Woodcroft Crafts in Scorton near Lancaster. I'm happy to say Nikki joins me now and so welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm great, thank you Lucy. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Well, it's so lovely to finally have you on the podcast to talk all about Woodcroft Crafts as we've been having this in the pipeline for a little while. Um, So why don't you, first of all, tell me what Woodcroft Crafts is? Yeah, it's a bit of a tongue twister, isn't it? Um, Woodcroft Crafts is my little business. It's basically a shop in a shed that sells um, Christian crafts and things made out of wood and recycled materials and anything I can find really. Um, But it's based in my parents' garden in Scorton. So there's also the opportunity to walk around the Haven Garden, which is proving to be um, a a wonderful thing to do. Yeah, definitely. And so have you always been, I mean, I know this answer, but listeners won't, have you always been a arty kind of crafty person? Um, I have, but I, I was a teacher for 25 years and I never expected I would do this really. Um, crafting has just kind of been a hobby. But um, when I found out I was going to be made redundant, um, it, it became more of a kind of I was making things as gifts for people to kind of cheer them up and be positive, you know. And um, I found more and more people wanted me to make things for them. So that's how it started, really. So what things do you make and sell in the shop? If you give us like a maybe a variety of things that you do. Um, Well, I make um, wooden plaques with like positive quotes and Bible verses and things on. Um, I make um, little fairies and uh, twig people. um, I paint on stones. I make folded books, cards, anything really that I can think of. And how long, say like... I don't know um one of those things like how long does it take you to do or you must be really sort of like detailed when you yeah. do stuff uh, well I have a pyrography pen which is is kind of a way of burning on wood um and it, it can take hours and hours um, but it depends really how how big the piece is I mean the the latest piece I did um, is a huge slice of wood and I'm um, making a, a Celtic circle prayer um, and that's literally taken weeks and weeks um, but like I say it depends what, what the project is. So you started that why did you call it Woodcroft Crafts? Well as I say it all started really when um, I was made redundant and it was a, a very emotional time because um, at the same time my dad was uh, in um, up for having a heart bypass um, my mum was diagnosed with Alzheimer's so everything all happened at once um, and obviously like I say it was a very emotional time and I, I just needed to kind of find a way so that I could be um, based at my mum and dad's house so that I could help them um, and Woodcroft was actually the name of our first ever home um, and it just seemed to fit really because I was making things out of wood yeah and you also do 
activities for children, don't you? You do, um, well, like your daughter Anna's an actress, so she gets involved in sort of those activities. What what do you do for, for children? Oh, there's all sorts going on. Um, like the garden is full of all sorts of crazy things because um, when, when I see something, if I see a, a twig that looks like a face, I turn it into a face. Um, so... Um, there's, there's a wishing well and we've got a magic faraway tree and the garden's full of little um, little fairy houses and whenever I see a hole in a tree it, that's where the fairies live and there's a place for children to write letters to the fairies and the fairies write back um, but we do have events in the garden every holiday um, it started um, with lockdown really um, when I made little stick people out of twigs and put them all around the road on our walk so that the children in the village could spot them on the way and um, to make it more exciting I made a little booklet so that they could tick off the ones that they'd seen um, and after lockdown uh, they all started disappearing when uh, other people kind of flooded into the village I think people wanted to take them home with them so we we put the twigs in the garden so now we have a, a twig trail all, all the way around the garden um, and we also have a fairy trail, but we have special events like um, crafting sessions every holiday. Um, and like, like you say, Anna is an actor musician and we're lucky enough to kind of pin her down occasionally to, to come <laughs> and do a show for us. Last year, she did a, an amazing show, which was um, the uh, Search for the Lost Wishes. And it was just delightful having all the children follow around the garden, singing and dancing. Uh, and this year we've got um, the mystery of the missing twigs where all the twigs have disappeared and little tamarisk twiglet is needing Anna and the children to help help uh, him find them. I mean, it's not just a normal garden though, is it? It's I mean, how big is it? It's not when when you say garden, it's not just like a front lawn or something. It's absolutely massive with like woods and trees and stuff. How how big is it? It's actually four acres, uh, and it, it's it's stunning. It was um, originally landscaped by someone called Mister Butcart, um, who who lost his legs in the First World War, and got the local school children to help him with the landscaping. Um, so some of the planting is really mature. We, we've got some amazing plants and trees. Um, but it, it, it actually, um, the garden, you go down some steps and there's a water wheel at the bottom. And then you go up a slope to the other side of the valley. Um, when you're at the top of the garden, uh, what we call up top, um, that's where all the fairies live. And that, that's where we have the labyrinth prayer walk, which, which again is something I never thought we would have. Um, and it, it's turned out to be just such an amazing blessing for, for everyone that comes to see it. It's a very kind of quiet space up top, isn't it? And, and like you said about the labyrinth. So what's it made of and, and what, what do people use that for? Um, well, the labyrinth, it, it's actually a walking meditation. It's, it's not a maze as such, but it, it's a circular um, kind of walk where you, you walk uh, you follow the path into the center of the labyrinth and um, the idea is that when you're in the center it's kind of a really calm place where you can sit and meditate and pray 
um, and then you kind of walk the same path out, but with a, a renewed sense of purpose. Um, we, we made it at the start of lockdown. Um, me and my mum spend hours and hours in the garden um, and we made it kind of just doing it a little bit every day and we never thought it would turn out like it is. It's, it's got prayers and um, painted stones and, and even kind of uh, a folly in the centre that that's, looks like a, a crumbled down building. It's beautiful. Where did the kind of faith aspect come from for you and wanting to do a lot of the Christian things? Um, well, like I say, um, really, God's always been the central part of my life. And everything that I've ever done, I've always felt that God's leading me to do it, um, which is why um, I think that's how I managed to stay positive when whatever happens. I know that um, God has kind of got an idea or a purpose for me. I was, I was always um, blessed by the verse Jeremiah 29, um, when it, God says, for I know the plans I have for you, um, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. And, and that was the verse really that, that's kind of led me on all through my life. Um, and so when I had the chance to start up a business, uh, I knew that it was going to be a Christian business. Um, and even though some people said, oh, you know, that might put people off. Um, I, I, I knew that that's what I had to do because that's who I am. Yeah. And so do people go for the labyrinth? Can they go for like, a, I don't know, a retreat or like a day of sort of spiritual well-being in terms of like connecting with nature as well? Well, um, the garden walk, really, we... we um, we charge people three pounds to walk around the garden and it takes probably about half an hour to an hour because we have um, a one-way path that, that leads you all the way around. And the idea is we have staggered entry so that when people come, even though there might be other people before them or after them, they feel like they've got the space to themselves for a little while. Um, so it does keep it quite nice and peaceful. Um, but we have had church groups come um, um, and we do kind of hire the garden uh, for private, private hire occasionally. Um, but I'm very conscious that it, it's my mum and dad's home. So everything I do, um, I don't want it to impose too much on them um, because the whole purpose of doing this is, is so that I can be there for them, but, but not to make it too commercial mm. um, and, and overwhelm them, you see. Now, your, your dad also has made an incredible thing in his garden, the train kind of track thing that me and Anna were, are, not were, like, obsessed with. <laughs> Why don't you talk through that? Well, um, when I was little, we used to go on holiday to Wales, a place called Talibont, and um, around that area is the Festiniog Railway, and we always used to go on the railway. It was like a holiday treat. Uh, and my dad said, one day we'll have a train track in our garden. Uh, and my dad's one of these people that um, if people think it's impossible, he likes to prove them wrong. Because um, he, he's always said anything is possible if you try hard enough. So, um, yeah, my dad has basically built the train track. He's built a, a massive high train bridge for it to go across. Um, and he's even built three trains from scratch. I mean, literally turning every piece of metal 
on a lathe and putting it together. How he's done it, I haven't got a clue. Um, but yeah, he's made this amazing track and it's it's wonderful to, to explore and ride on. But unfortunately, we're not insured to give rides to visitors, but you might see it kind of as you as you walk around the garden. Um, and we did have it, we did have an open day for the Narragage Railway Society. Um, they were able to come and ride on it because they have their own insurance. So, so they had a, a lovely day exploring the train. It reminds me a bit of Worden yeah. Park when they used to have that train that people could go on. It's kind of a similar, similar setup, but like every time I've come, there's been additional tracks and, and railway stops and, and things like that. Yeah. Um, what's your favourite like material to, to make crafts with then? Um, I think it would have to be wood because I've always loved wood. Uh, I, I can't look at a piece of wood without thinking, you know, seeing pictures in it or thinking what it could be used for or, or something like that. And even like little twigs, even when we're, we're pruning trees and things, I can't bear to burn any bits of wood because uh, I can always see a value and the use for it. So where do you get the like blocks of wood from or you know the little bits that you will write on is that just trees trees in the garden or yeah when, whenever a tree has to well usually when it falls down in a storm because I, I hate taking trees down um, but whenever we have any wood available um, we I process it unfortunately I've got a, a, an amazing dad who uh, has made me a sawmill I asked him to cut me a piece of wood I wanted it slicing so that I could have a, a, a nice plaque for the wall. Um, and he said, yeah, give me a couple of weeks. And then there was all this noise coming from the workshop and, and lo and behold, he'd made a sawmill from scratch. And um, so now we, we have the, the ability to slice huge logs um, and, and make these beautiful plaques and things. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. Um, so touching on, you're, you were saying about like the, the Bible verse that means a lot to you. Do you find that people sort of engage with, with that when they're there? Like, do you find that they might ask questions about different verses or they'll sort of say to you, oh, uh, this plaque with this verse, I, I like that, so I want to put it in my house. Is there ever that kind of conversation you have with them? Yeah, there is. I mean, we do commissions. Lots, lots of people have come and said, you know, I have a favourite Bible verse and I, I'd like to to have this on a plaque or on a stone or on a slate or something like that. And I'm always happy to do that. Um, but um, as you walk around the labyrinth, there, there are verses from the Bible that have kind of inspired me. And there's also a poem in there um, that I wrote when, um, from my first experience of walking a labyrinth at, at St Andrew's Church in Longton years ago. Um, and so you can read that as you go round. Um, and yeah, people, people that have, have walked the labyrinth always come back and, and if they've never been before, their reaction is always, always the same. It's always, wow, they, they're just blown away by it because there's such um, a kind of peaceful feeling there. I mean, some people talk about thin spaces where um, the, the layer between heaven and earth is is very kind of thin and you can really uh, feel God's presence and I think in the labyrinth there's been so much prayer in there that you can really feel that and you can feel God. What's kind of the future is there any other things that you want to make or expand the garden or have you got any future plans? 
I'm just I'm just happy to be there to be honest I feel incredibly blessed that I've been given this opportunity to to be there for my mum and dad when they need me and and this business has just kind of enabled me to be around really um, so I'm just taking each day as it comes um, my mum and my dad are, are my priority um, and and the business is kind of whatever God wants it to be <laughs> so I'll just uh, um, like uh, a quote from Mother Teresa that my, my cabin's full of quotes and one of them is um, from Mother Teresa she says I am a little pencil in the hand of God um, yeah I feel like I was going to say you're like the hands of the maker like in the earthly <laughs> earthly things um and so I, you see I see stuff on Facebook all the time of the events that you've got on and a lot of people I know shared it and you've got such a a good following on Facebook um of people who kind of like the page and see what you're doing what's kind of happening in the next month or so that potentially people could get involved in now the summer holidays have started well, um, like I say, we always do things for children every holiday. Um, and, and this summer we've got um, a fairy garden craft workshop. We've just made, um, we've made a little outdoor crafting area, what we, what we call up top in a shady area so that, so that the children can make things out of the natural things they find in the garden. So we're going to be making little fairy gardens using um, pine cones and spinning jennies and acorn well not, there's not so many acorns about to be honest but but all, all the things natural in the garden um so that's happening next week and we've it's been so popular where we've booked a further one on the 23rd of august um so uh, we're, we're actually having two two this summer um and as you say anna last year anna did the the uh, fairy um theater uh, and we didn't want the twigs to feel left out so so this year she's doing the the search for the the, the twigs in the, the garden so that's going to be great so obviously for children in the summer holidays you know it's very easy to kind of for them to just be sat in front of a tv or on an ipad or on the technology wanting to sort of i don't know game with their friends online um, do you feel like it's a really good kind of stripped, you know, strip back the tech and and just get them involved in nature, like you said, foraging for, for acorns, things like that, to make crafts and just use their creativity and imagination in more of a old school way, which it shouldn't be, but you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And and also we we've had like children's birthday parties. We've got a a little party shed um, up top. Uh, it's only very small, so we only cater for very small groups, but um children have come and had the most fabulous birthday parties getting back to nature um, we we put on a little treasure hunt for them around the garden and then they bring a picnic and and have it in in, in the party shed or up top somewhere um, yeah and and the children love it but to be honest it, it it kind of appeals to all age groups um there's something for everyone in the garden yeah so when you're girls were younger was it something you always kind of encouraged with them sort of the craft and the nature as your kind of love gone through to them oh yeah definitely yeah yeah it, it's it now that they've grown up they still they still love nature and they still love being outdoors um yeah and they've never stopped believing in fairies of course 
Yeah, that was going to be a key question about the fairies. So when they when children write a letter to them, what's their what's their turnaround time of being able to to write back to them? Well, um, we have a little fairy den and um, if, if they leave their letter in, in the fairy post box, um, it's usually either a week or, or a couple of weeks when the fairies will leave um, a letter for them in, in a little bottle in the fairy den. So it's all very exciting when, when they reply. No, that's so exciting. And again, brings the magic and excitement to, to children that, you know, that it that fairies are real and that they can like experience that. I think that's quite exciting. Do the children when they do they do like fairy hunts as well, or do the fairies kind of hide in the day? I don't really know what the life cycle, not life cycle, but like their lives are. <laughs> well, when when the fa the fairies are very good at hiding, so you're very unlikely to see them, but you can see where they live. You can see their little um, garden where they play on the swings and the slide, and you can see the haven, which is the fairy tree. Um, and if you look inside there, you can see, you know, their bedroom and their, where they write the letters and things. Um, but they, like I say, they are very good at hiding as you walk around the garden. But you can see on trees where they've been doing their magic there are little imprints on the trees. Um, so um, we have a booklet that tells you the names of the fairies so that you can identify which fairy has, has, has been doing magic on different trees. Oh, so if people want to hear more about what you do or they want to contact or sort of book onto an event, where's best for them to do that? Well, we do have a, a mailing list um, and I normally email people to let them know the events that are happening first. Um, before I advertise, I always advertise on Facebook and Instagram and I have posters about. Um, we have um, a website, woodcroftcrafts.co.uk um, and you can always email me, um, woodcroftcrafts at gmail.com um, and I can always let you know what's going on. Oh, well, it's been so lovely to chat to you all about it and giving us all a bit of Friday magic and sparkle. So thank you very much. Oh, thank you, Lucy. It's lovely to talk to you. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. To keep up to date with all things from a Lancashire Lass, Follow on Facebook and Instagram at from a Lancashire Lass.